Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Glad you guys could be here with me. Um, it's really awesome to be uh, just doing these podcasts week in and week out. Something super exciting that I almost forgot to talk about is that we just passed a year of doing this podcast. Um, I, I don't know if it feels like a year, maybe for you, it feels like it's been five years, but uh, it's just gone by so fast for me. Um, it's really exciting to have that that landmark, um, uh, almost, almost like an accomplishment of just that we've been doing this. We've been pursuing Jesus regularly as a team for a full year. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for for being with me during this and um, uh, being a part of this and pursuing Jesus. Um, we're going to be wrapping up our series called Feeding the Fire of Faith today. Um, we've done five weeks previous on just different logs that uh, just help feed the fire of our faith. Um, and today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, today we're going to be talking about things that quench our fire, things that um, kill our faith, just just passion destroyers, um, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about that. Um, it'll just be today, though. Uh, we're going to be wrapping this series up today and moving on next week with a different subject. Um, but before we get into the content, let's go ahead and pray and uh, just you know raise our request for God, Father Jesus, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word, for guiding us by your Holy Spirit. I pray that that's exactly what would happen right now, that you would open our ears and our minds and our eyes and our hearts to all the things that you are saying, God. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, we're talking about things that kill your passion, quenchers, right? Um, uh, if you feel distant from God right now, or if you've ever felt distant from God, um, or you just don't have the passion that you feel like you used to, the things that I'm going to talk about today are probably worth considering as reasons why you might feel distant from God, um, and at least worth taking to Him in prayer. So we're talking about things that quench our fire of faith, right? Things that kill our passion. Um, and just to give uh, a definition of quench, uh, quench literally just means to put out or to extinguish. There's a bunch of other definitions, of course. Sometimes it's like to satisfy, like when you're thirsty, it satisfies your thirst, quenches your thirst. Um, but quench, especially in a biblical sense, typically means to extinguish, to put out, to uh, to stop. Um, and we're going to talk about, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five things today that uh, I think really, really attribute uh, or not attribute contribute to just crushing our faith and the first one i'm going to talk about i think is the most obvious one and that is sin specifically just unrepentant sin unrepentant sin now that's sin that excuse me that's sin that you've either justified or that you've ignored um or even sin that you might not even be aware of I think we have uh, <laughs> we have a tendency to justify things that we want, regardless of it being sin, because we want it, and we have this curse of the desires of the flesh, right? Um, and sometimes it just kind of looks like us saying, you know, God understands my situation, so you know, I have grace. We just kind of justify that sin, and we we don't get rid of it. We don't repent of it. Um, we just kind of accept it and hold on to it, um, and. Uh, that is definitely something that's going to keep you from having a fiery relationship with Christ. Um, a sin that you've ignored. Um, sometimes we just don't want to deal with our sin. Um, 
uh, it's too difficult to do it. It's too, um, it seems like uh, maybe even sometimes irresponsible to deal with sin, whether it's a certain situation we're in within like work or something like that. Like if I, there's, there's a sin going on at work. So if I deal with this, maybe I'll get fired or something like that. And then that seems irresponsible. So I'm just going to kind of ignore it and push it away because it's too difficult to deal with. And then there's sin that you're just unaware of. Um, we're all human. We're decrepit in our own um, our own beings. We just we're born into sin, um, and uh, we have a hard time, uh, I think, noticing all of our sins and how decrepit is just the best word. I used it last week in another uh, conversation with some other friends, uh, but decrepit we are. Um, that we have sins that we are unaware of. Um, and for those sins, um, you know, the other two justified sin and sin that you've just ignored, which is kind of a justification of the same way, in the same way, um, uh, need to be dealt with head on. Uh, but the sin that you're unaware of, um, uh, is, has to be dealt with in a different way. For me personally, um, one of the prayers that I pray regularly actually comes out of Psalm, 139. Um, let's see here. 139 verse 23 and 24. Um, and this is what, uh, this is what it says this is David speaking. It says, search my heart, O God, and know my heart. I'm sorry. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Um, for those sins that um, we probably don't even know that we're committing, um, I pray all the time is God, show me, show me the things that I don't even know about myself. Reveal to me the sins that I'm unaware of so that I can bring them to you so that I can deny myself um, so that your Holy Spirit can do work in me to get rid of that sin. Because sin is a big deal. Um, I think our culture has just tried to put icing on it and just make it smooth and sweet. But sin is a big deal, guys. Um, sin's a huge deal. Um, and if we don't deal with it, um, we will we will absolutely walk away from our faith. I'm going to read um, a quote from a book that I've been reading. It's called Hearing God's Voice by Henry and Richard Blackaby. It's actually a, a, a book that I read a long time ago in college, and I recently just picked it back up and started reading it again because it's just a super, super good book. Um, but this quote they have in here about sin brings a lot of clarity to how we treat sin. And uh, I hope this is convicting in a very, very good way. Not try to make you feel guilty or anything like that, but I hope something pops into your heart, pops into your mind by the Holy Spirit um, so that you can deal with any sin that you got going on in your life. So this is what it says. If you consider your sin to be nothing more than rule breaking, which I think culturally is kind of the way we see it, you may console yourself with the rationalization that no one is perfect, right? If you view your sin as a failure to live by certain principles, you may deal with it by resolving to strive harder in the future. But when you realize that your sin is an absolute betrayal of the person who loves you deeply and sacrificially, throws a whole new light on your transgression. So I think we see sin in those first two ways. It's either breaking rules or just I'm an imperfect person trying to live up to a set of principles. But what it is, it's it's betrayal of Jesus, of the sacrifice that he made on the cross, of the love that he poured out for us. It's a betrayal. And every time we choose sin over God, um, we are just betraying Jesus over and over and over again. Um, I know that sounds heavy, 
and it's meant to, uh, because sin is a big deal. Um, if you're having a difficult time in your faith right now, I would say take this idea, take this subject, take sin and take it to God, whether it's sin that you know about, that you're either justifying or that you're ignoring, or even if it's sin that you're unaware of, take your sin to Jesus, ask for forgiveness, repent, um, and, and keep pursuing him in the, in the way that he asks us to, in the way he demands us to, by denying yourself, um, completely by giving him your life. Okay. So sin, number one, I know I kind of spoke a long time on that because we got four others to go through, but sin's a big deal. Okay. So second thing, um, is pride and selfishness. Um, so, how does pride crush our faith? Um, well, first of all, you know, we, we, we know that God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble, right? So, um, uh, if God's opposing you, um, if God is your opposition, that makes him your enemy. Um, so obviously you can't have a very good intimate relationship with somebody who is opposed to you. Um, but what does this look like? Um, just practically, I would say it looks something like this. Um, it would look like me, uh, not fully realizing or um, acknowledging just my need for God. So not fully acknowledging my need for God. Um, and I think this is shown in how our lives are lived out. Um, like when I don't bring things to him in prayer, right? Um, if I don't consider um, bringing things to God in prayer, it probably means that I'm going to try and do it on my own. I want to do my own way um, that I don't see his counsel and his guiding is very valuable. It can also look like this. There's no daily interactions with God, um, at least none that are like meaningful, meaningful interactions. God's more of a, uh, of a side thought of a, uh, an afterthought, you know, just something on the side that I acknowledge here and there because maybe I feel obligated to, um, or maybe that's just all of my heart that he really has is just this, uh, this adjacent thing. Um, it also looks like this. I don't want God. I think this is a lot of people. I don't want God to interfere in my life's plans, right? God, I want your will. As long as your will kind of matches with my will, right? Um, like I have my plans. Here's what I want to do with my life. I can, I got my next 10 years planned out. Here's, here's who I'm going to marry. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to have kids here. We're going to move here. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do that thing. Um, and it's like, okay, God, here's my, here's my plan. I hope you're on board. Um, and all this, all this stuff comes back to pride and, uh, uh pride is just self-idolization, right? It's lifting ourselves up above God. Um, and that's not where we belong. Okay, number three, misprioritization, um, and I would call it idolization. Um, so misprioritizing our faith looks more often, I think, like just giving into our fleshly desires, just the just the things that we want, um, like sleeping in, right? Um, we just got through or almost through. January, a lot of people start New Year's resolutions and it's like, okay, I'm going to wake up, you know, at five o'clock every single day and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray. And you start and, you know, you first day, great check, feeling good about it. Second day, great check. Awesome. I'm on fire here. Third day, I'm really tired. I usually get up at seven, so five o'clock is early. 
Oh, also news today. God knows that, you know, he, he knows that I'm tired and I, he knows that I need sleep. He created me. So he knows I need sleep and I need rest and everything. So that's, I'm just going to snooze it and I'll do it tomorrow. And then the next day and the next day, and we just, instead of waking up to pursue Jesus, we, we end up snoozing, right? Or if we're uh, scrolling Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, instead of reading our Bible, um, uh, we misprioritize that thing. Um, we get into these habits of just mindlessly doing things um, instead of prioritizing pursuing Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of this next one. I'm sure you are too. Falling asleep while praying because, right, you, you got to get your prayer time in. So been a, it's been a really, really busy day. God, you know, it's been a really busy day. So, um, but I still want to honor you, right? I want to honor you with this half awake state of mind prayer that I'll pray right before I fall asleep during it without even an amen or anything like that. You know, it's just, it was just a really busy day. Um, I am super guilty of that. I've done that plenty of times. And then just, I mean, just simply putting off pursuing Jesus for other quote unquote important things, um, whether it's responsibilities, you know, I got a wife and I got kids and I got a job, things have to happen. Um, so uh, Jesus, this whole reading your Bible and pursuing Jesus thing, it's, it's going to have to get pushed back or, hey, I'll make time around this time and then I forget about it. Or um, I got hungry and I was going to do my lunch time, but um, something happened. It got shortened. So I just, I'll do it later. I'll do it before I go to bed. And then, you know, by the end of the day, I'm not saying for, for you guys who do actually pursue Jesus at the end of the day and that works for you. Great. Again, these are just examples. Um, but sometimes we just put things uh, or put pursuing Jesus off for more quote unquote important things. And then we end up just giving him these leftover pieces of our lives instead of giving him our entire lives like he asked for. Um, and when our spiritual priorities are out of line, our lives are definitely going to reflect just how little we submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Um, and it's going to reflect, I mean, just, you know, what we've placed in his place instead, where he's supposed to be. It's going to reflect that. I mean, if you find yourself um, justifying, making excuses, because that's kind of what justifying is sometimes, um, for just why you didn't read your Bible or why you didn't pray today or, you know, why this or why that, you're probably misprioritizing your life of faith, your life devoted to Jesus. Um, and I would say that you need to, if you if those things come up a lot, I would say you need to take that to Jesus, take that to the Holy Spirit, um, take it to God in prayer and ask for guidance and ask to be changed. All right. Um, let's see here. Next one. Not taking a Sabbath. Oh, I suck at not taking a Sabbath. Um, I am I am a busy person. I like being busy. I get bored very easily, so I like doing things. Um, but Sabbath is super, super important. Um, God, you know, God, the guy that created you and made you and understands you more than you understand you. He knows your needs. And when he said to take a rest, he literally meant it. He, you, you gotta, you gotta rest. Um, and Sabbath is, is exactly the way he designed us to rest. Um, uh, so don't be so arrogant to think that you're different or that you're stronger because you're probably not. You probably don't have a beard, so you're weak. So make sure to get some rest. Okay, just joking about the beard thing, kind of. Um, but rest doesn't mean be lazy, right? 
So I think sometimes um, the reason we don't rest is we get this idea that rest looks like, you know, just sitting down watching TV all day. I just cannot do that. I can't do it. Um, uh, but what it really means, it means taking a break and doing something that restores you. Okay. Doing something that restores you. Um Work does not restore you. Staying busy where you're feeling every single hour of the day with activity does not restore you. Find something that restores you. So that's going to be different for everybody. For me, it's hiking and riding my motorcycle. I love hiking, getting out in the woods, um, uh, just listening to the trees, listening to the animals, uh, the birds chirping, watching deer makes me feel closer to God. I feel like I can hear God a lot easier. I get to lot, I get to pray a lot more when I'm hiking. Um, and when I'm on my motorcycle, I get to listen to worship music and kind of have to pay attention and not let my mind drift because, you know, I don't want to die on a motorcycle. Um, uh, so this is going to be different for everybody. Um, uh, and it's important that you get rest and not overschedule yourself. I heard a saying the other day, it's probably something that you guys have been probably familiar with. Uh, it goes something like this it says, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Um, and I'm sure there's some truth to that and it's kind of clever and everything, but there is value in resting, especially because God commanded it of us. All right. So, Taking a Sabbath is important. Number five, this is the last one. Um, and I think it's super huge uh, thing that crushes our faith, that just diminishes our fire, that quenches it. And that's seclusion. Okay, and I'm not talking about solitude. That's different. Solitude is temporary. Seclusion is more of a habitual thing. Now, last week we talked about the importance of community, and this goes right along with it. You know, you're not meant to do faith alone. Um, and I would argue that when you choose to do faith alone, um, you are most susceptible to drifting in your faith. Um, <clears throat> and you're most susceptible to being influenced by the enemy. Um, I was out to lunch today uh, with a friend of mine, had a lunch meeting, um, and uh, I was talking about the, the series that we were in and everything. And uh, he laughed because he had recently heard a story and he told me the story. And I was like, man, that's perfect. I'm going to share that on the podcast today. Um, and this is the uh, this is the story. This is an illustration. It says an old man and his wife were regulars at their church. They attended every Sunday and were very involved. She was a bit of a talker, but he was more of a doer and didn't talk much. Kept to himself. One day the wife passed away and the man never showed back up to church. After a while, the pastor decided to give the old man a visit. He went to his house, this old cabin in the woods, and sat down with him in his living room by the fireplace. As they sat there in silence, the pastor grabbed the tongs by the fireplace. He pulled an ember from the fire and held it in front of the old man. And as he held the ember in front of the old man's face, it went cold and it went dark. And the pastor took the ember placed it back in the fire, and it immediately started to glow again. He didn't say anything else. He didn't say anything at all, and just left. The next week, the man returned. It's because he understood what the pastor was saying. When you pull that ember out of the fire, because it's not around the thing that helps it stay aflame, it goes cold. When you seclude yourself, you go cold. Your fire is quenched. And it's not till you're in community, in regular community, that your fire can continue to burn um, and to burn hot. Um, 
I just really thought that was a good illustration. Um, sometimes things don't make sense until we see them in our mind. Um, so I was really glad that, uh, that he was able to share that with me and that I could share with you guys. So those are the five things, guys. Those are the five things that quench uh, our fire of faith. Sin, big deal. Sin's a big deal. Pride, misprioritization, not taking a Sabbath, and seclusion. And these are the things that I want to warn you against. And I hope that during our prayer time here in a minute, if something jumped out at you, like the Holy Spirit, when I said something, was just like, poke, right there. Nah, that's the one. That's the one. You need to take that to him right now. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to lay down your life. Deny yourself. Ask God for help. For him to change you. Okay, because... Our faith is important. The way we pursue Jesus is important. And we want to get rid of all the things that hinder us from having a faith that is just absolutely ablaze. So let's pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, thank you for your life. Thank you for your words. Thank you for times um, where a casual lunch brings about something that uh, we get to share with everybody. Um, it's amazing to see you work in those those crazy, weird, odd, and seemingly random ways. Uh, but thank you for being in our lives in such a way. I pray that you would uh, speak to us now as we as we come to you in prayer, God. That you would poke at the things that we need to just drop at the feet of Jesus and change our hearts, make us more like Jesus, free us from our sins, free us from our flesh, and make us new. God. In Jesus' name, amen.
are y'all i'm gonna close with prayer and then we'll wrap up this series and get started on something new next week let's pray lord thank you again for your time for the blessing of being able to hear your voice uh, whether it's through your written word whether it's through your holy spirit's promptings but just thank you for your presence god for loving us enough to never leave us um, and always be with us I pray that as we go the rest of this week, that you would remind us of the things that uh, you spoke to us today, um, and that your Holy Spirit would continually be renewing our hearts to be more like Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.